that's why you should never bet on being fine the next day. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. Kind of not firing on all cylinders. I will say, uh, this you, week. you, you, I felt like you were struggling to get through that intro. Yeah. So last week, I had said, hey, my kid came home with a sore throat, and then uh, I woke up with it, and I was like, if I am doing the math right, this thing's going to hit me on gig day. And it didn't. It waited till the very next day, and uh, it has been walloping me ever since. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my uh my our third co-host for this evening is nyquil cough dm plus congestion mm. which i have decided i will take at an interval during this episode to be determined yeah yeah you don't want to take it too early things might get dicey might get a little loose yeah hey we crossed the 200 episode threshold hey you congrats know, all bets are yeah off. that's between here and now it's all nyquil all nyquil <laughs> all the time all night, well, all the time. Um, I did want to acknowledge a couple of uh, emails that came in after the episode aired. Uh, that was very nice to receive. Uh, we got a message from John Wallace and Ryan O'Leary from So Was Red. Uh, nice. Both of them, very, uh, very nice uh, complimentary things. Uh, and John was the first person that I ha- I am aware of that said that he found us on TikTok. Hey. Not me as a person, but like the podcast How about that? as an entity. Cool. I've been trying to cut up some some parts and, and post them um as regularly as I can. Uh I posted a couple. I did <laughs> I did post the uh the No Sleep Till Brooklyn clip <laughs> from last episode and it, it it went over pretty good. Yeah. That was a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I had forgotten all about that solo and I went I did go and listen to it and it was dire. You were absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It is just absolute chromatic. Yeah, just 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 atonal wheedling and then a dive bomb. That's pretty much mm-hmm. it's pretty much the solo. And not even on like an on key dive bomb. No, yeah, just a completely out of key dive bomb and then yeah, into the song. Good times. So how was your week? so far my week was good um let's see i uh over the weekend i played at a uh bar a new place in town here that's being uh, it's opened by a friend of mine it's still in soft open um but it's he's crushing it he's doing great and um so i played in the corner of the inside of it it was uh, gonna be a little too chilly to play outside which by the end of the night we kind of regretted making that call because it had stayed kind of okay and there were still people out on the patio that i would have been playing to right. um but i will be back there now we've said every other saturday um, and so that's exciting. It's a fun place and, um, uh, it's gonna be good cash and a good crowd. And I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, awesome. did the trivia last night and packed it, packed it. So two weeks ago, there was nobody last week we were at capacity and the room was in. So, you know, that it just go, go fricking fig, I guess. Uh, who knows? Four words, naked beer night, naked beer night. That's, you should count those words again. But I think apart from that. You know, maybe I already took the night. Could be. Could be. <laughs> maybe we're already in it. Yeah, well. This will be interesting. But yeah, you, you, I mean, just dust, you, 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 you just shake yourself off. Yep. You had a, you had a weird night. Yep. Something, something just didn't click. Yep. And you know, you're back to, you're back to the, back to normal. Exactly right. Whatever that means. Yep. Exactly right. And, um, oh, oh let's see. So here's the other thing. We're going to talk about this, um, in a bit, but I, uh, I have our first gig for the new band, um, 
a good friend of mine has a great backyard that she throws parties in. And I have actually played it with both of my bands, um, that, that I've been in the last, you know, since I kind of got back to banding, um, one of them, the first, the first band was, it was kind of before we started really gigging and it was just for fun. And, uh, the second one, she hired us when, when we were already an established thing to come play a party. And uh, I approached her last week and said, look, I got a, I got a band that needs its first gig in a kind of a low pressure situation. Going to knock the, knock the corners off. She said, great, I'll throw a party. So it's going to be April 2nd. will be the first gig of that band. So that's nice. Yeah. It's exciting. So it's officially a fish now. It is a fish. It is a fish out of water. If you say so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to land that plane and it's not happening, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Very cool. So we'll have some more to say, I think, about about that uh, whole project pretty soon here. But um, anyway, that's my, that's my news for the week. All right. So we did the... Uh, the gig that I've been talking about for, for a, a solid month now with um, a client who was becoming content. Um, and it was an interesting situation on a couple of fronts. My favorite part was when we came in to load into the venue, which was gorgeous, by the way. Um, the guy's wife was there and she was kind of setting things up and we were just kind of casually talking as she was walking around and she said in no particular uh, terms that like, oh yeah, he will absolutely wear you out with with details and stuff. <laughs> so I felt very validated uh, because he was being super hands-on. Um, and the interesting thing is, is that the uh, the karaoke assumption that he had twisted about a week out did end up being what happened. It wasn't so much that he wanted people to be able to sing with the band. He wanted to sing with the band. Yeah. And there were not many takers on the karaoke side. What did he so, say? So um, he sang, um, he was on the books for singing Fight for Your Right to Party. Nice. Uh, w- which we did, and it was a lot of fun. And then uh, he came up to do a second round of uh, thank yous, and then just started like acapellaing uh, under the bridge. <laughs> and so on the fly, we just kind of, started playing under him hmm. and uh, made it all the way through the song. It was, it was another one of those kind of seat of your pants kind of moments, which were super fun. Yep. Um, we run into some issues with the Ableton playbacks. We were like, screw it. We'll just use band helper MP3s. Hmm. And it was, it worked perfectly fine. Um, it was a very kind of like lean and mean operation. And all the stuff sounded great. Um, I, I ended up streaming parts of it and kept the recordings. Cool. Um, and I mean, it sounded good in the room and everybody played well and they had a great time and, um, yeah, it was great. Awesome. All the things that I was dreading didn't happen. Perfect. Really? I love when that, and, I love uh, when those don't happen. And yeah. And then like on the flip side, um, today we got five inquiries. Wow. Not from that party, just purely by happenstance, okay. but like. I was in band helper, like sending out alerts like all day long. Mm. Um, the last one being for an event that's happening at the masters in Augusta. Um, nice. We haven't gotten headcount and I haven't gotten pricing approval, but I'm still trying to make sure that we are doing all the things that we can because it's literally less than a month away. Um, so it could be a bit of a challenge and I don't want to go down there, which is, it's, it's about a two and a half hour, three hour drive. Um, so we need to go down there, you know, full throttle, 
and you know not with a bunch of subs and and right. to to be able to do it the right way so that's good and uh that's pretty much it good as far as like catchy uppy things yeah excellent and uh yeah so i think we're all caught up i think so too what's the real thing we're talking about this week well i wanted to we can kind of get back into some some housekeeping stuff uh we had mentioned Jeff Miller and uh, his buddy who is the who got the gig as the lead vocalist vocalist of Smash Mouth. That might be an interview that is in the works. Mm. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Fun. Um, this week's video is another one of these thing topics where we're going to cover it on the podcast, but not because we planned it ahead of time, <laughs> but because of serendipity. That's right. Fell in our lap. It was just kind of a a, a fortuitous series of events that makes the topic of the uh of the episode uh the topic of the episode yep so yeah uh nothing else super exciting going on in our world um i did note i i I wanted to note if you if anybody's looking onto like link trees and things like that um i have put together like a production kind of like wish list thing on amazon so i know that we talk about patreon and a bunch of other things and if you're not really into the whole idea of you know paying monthly but you wanted to do something cool there's some gear that you can throw a couple of bucks at uh which will just make the stuff that you see and or hear look and or sound better so that's pretty much it yeah and the cat agrees yeah you hear my cat do you i do yeah i I think that the noise gate i have on the podcast recording is probably screening her out but uh you can hear her over zoom but um We'll see. She might have just made her podcasting uh, <laughs> debut. We'll find out. <clears throat> no, she already has. I've, I've heard her in, in past episodes. She's really, really, really old. And so she just walks around the house yelling a lot, which I get that's it. What, when that's I'm, what old people do. When I'm that old, I will walk around the house yelling. Ah! Ah! Existence is pain. Ah! I'm not sure it's even that coherent for her. She's just, ah! I mean, it's kind of fun. It's kind if of fun. I wasn't, if I wasn't like completely congested i'd probably do it with you sure you know yeah we'll save it for next week yeah i don't and one other thing i did i, I managed to do today was i, I put a video together because i had all this this raw audio from from this last gig and i did my live show vocal range mm. oh i saw that that was good it was super like i i've never like i haven't done that before where i was like thinking i i, I looked at this the song list and then i kind of pieced the audio audio together it was like what are the lowest notes and the highest notes that I sing mm. over the course of an evening? Um, and if you count the the Prince section of that, I uh, I clock in at, at at four full octaves. Yeah. On on any given night. Yeah. Which was pretty uh, interesting to to consider. Uh, but yeah, there's some there were some there were some good notes up in there. So yes. uh, juicy stuff. If you've never done that, you should you should think about it. It's if nothing else, the the curiosity factor was. Uh, was entertaining for me nonetheless. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get into the, uh, the actual meat of the conversation. So Dan, I'm going to go ahead and let you, uh, take the lead on this one. For, sure. For now. Sure. Sure. So, um, w- one of the things that I am confronting right now is how to bring a new product to market that has no background or history or name recognition or anything like that. And we're talking uh, a ground floor operation, ground floor operation. You never heard of it before and nobody else has either. And so, um, as a product manager in my day gig, it's one of the, one of the things that I deal with is how to 
you know, create a groundswell of interest and make sure that I have product market fit and all sorts of things like that. Um, I'm confident about all those, those things. There's just now the matter of getting our name out, getting some brand recognition started up, getting some, um, some credibility around our brand. You know, that's always the thing. Like they ask where have you played before? And the answer is nowhere. So that's not great. Um, so I'm thinking about how to, how to deal with that. And the, the, the main tool that I use that I take out, you know, when I'm beating the street is, uh, a, a one sheet that's essentially front and back of a legal size piece of paper. And that, um, you, you know, design carefully and design for your audience and all that stuff. And so I've written one for my new project, the new strange and, what I've essentially leaned into on one side of it is the resume of all of these really senior and mature and well-groomed players that I have. So mm-hmm. one of them's played with a couple of bands, you know, there's me that's played with a couple of bands, you know, there's my drummer who's played with nothing around here, but has some good names in other areas. There's my bassist who's a recent graduate of a local music school and, um, and is, you know, we, I say some great things about how she does. Um, and so it's all about sort of building that kind of trust and that kind of credibility, despite this being a brand new project that you've never heard of. Yeah, it's a brand new project, but we're all real seasoned players with real high standards and we know what we're about. So you don't have to worry about putting us on your stage. We're going we're gonna to do great. Um, that's what the message of that is. And then the flip side is kind of the fun side. It's a sample set list that is deliberately like very eclectic and kind of tells the story we want to tell about the sort of material we're covering. Um, and then some stuff about what we're available for and contact information, stuff like that. So that's one part of it. Um, the other part is this party that I sold my friend on having for us, which is going to be a great opportunity to get some video and some photography and get us all together playing together and looking like a band. And so that'll be, that'll be part of the story too. And some really good videos I I intend to get there. Um, but the other thing that I've been doing is taking recordings off of the digital mixer, the Soundcraft UI 24 R, um, which records to a USB drive in, in multi-track. Um, I, I, we did it, we recorded a whole rehearsal with the intention of getting some, you know, minute long snippets to put together into a highlight reel. Did that sounded good. But then I thought I actually really want to have some full songs as well. Some whole, you know, pieces. And so we did that. And what we ended up with was pretty darn clean and, and nice sounding recordings of Beggin by Main Skin, long, um, uh, false prison blues. Um, and a couple others. I'm spacing on the other two right now. <laughs> you know them though. They're, you know, general business of tunes. Course. Um, and they sounded pretty good. And so then the thought was, well, I, I reminded myself once again, that Facebook doesn't have a good way of just sharing an audio, just sharing music. You have to make a video with the music in it. And that's what yeah. I, I could do. That. It's fine. And same with really all the other platforms. There's no way to just share a song. Um, but there is a way to stream music. And so I recalled that sometime back I had used, a distribution platform called DistroKid to put a put a file out under the name of my former project. And so I did that. I stood up these four tunes inside of um, the streaming platforms through DistroKid. And it's now, as of right now, we're on Apple Music and Spotify should be soon. And then they do like 20 others that you never heard of. Um, and we're going to be on all of those. So the point is like, we now have that we can point people to. You know, I mean, how many cover bands come to sell, you know, hey, come hire my classic rock band. Do you have demos? Yeah, we're on Spotify. That's something. Yeah. That's not nothing. 
you know, some credibility. Looking for any credibility I can get given I have no stage time to talk about with this project. Um, so, uh, so I shared that on the Patreon Slack and, and, and gave the, shared the, the, the mix downs that I, that I'd made. And, um, and Adam's like, Oh, Oh, we're talking about that on the video this week. So, um, it ties in with something that we're gonna be talking on our YouTube channel, um, about the licensing distribution, streaming, et cetera, of cover material. Right. So yes, I'll hand it over to you for that. So yeah, the, the, the thrust of this week's video topic is the economics of cover songs. Yep. Uh, both for the uh, the artists who originally write the songs and the bands and or solo artists that are playing them, and there is a full like circ like all encompassing economy in that realm. Yep. And um, so the the basic gist of the uh, the video and this week's topic is 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 the three main questions. Um, is it legal for me to play cover songs? If it is, who's paying the royalties when I when I perform them? Mm-hmm. Uh, if my band records a cover, who gets paid? And just the general kind of ancillary questions around those main topics. Yep. So this is one of those uh, occasions where I get to put on my music business degree and uh paraded around nice uh it doesn't happen very often but this this is one of those things that uh that i i do know a a little something about though i will tell you i most certainly spot checked everything that i said (laughs) in this video good because it had been a number of years since i had taken copyright law well and if Um, if you don't check it out the comment section will so yeah yeah and um and a lot, and, and even still, like things have changed since I I learned sure, those things. Sure. So, so let's let's break down. And for those of you who are listening uh, around the world, you'll have to uh, apologize for our ignorance. The only information that we have uh, revolves around United States copyright laws. Yep. And my hope, upon all hopes, is that your country's uh, copyright and songwriting um, laws and rules are less complex yeah. than ours. Yeah. So, in the United States, there are four main types of royalties that a composer or artist can earn for for a song. You have performance royalties, which are exactly what they sound like. Uh, when a song is performed or a recording is played, uh, you get your your thing. Um, that royalty is is almost always split between the songwriter and the publisher. Uh, and you'll notice that with certain artists, they own their own publishing companies. There's kind of, that's kind of a way to kind of get around that. And um, those are typically managed through a performing rights organization of some kind, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. Uh, it's, th- here's a funny fact. And again, it's not funny and nobody cares. Um, but ASCAP and BMI are, are, you know, they're acronyms. You know, BMI is Broadcast Music Inter- Incorporated, and ASCAP is the uh, American S- Society of Composers and Performers. Yep. Uh, CSAC, S E S A C, not an acronym. Oh. They're just like, we're called CSAC. It means nothing. Huh. The, uh, so that's performance royalties. The next one are mechanical royalties. Mechanical royalties are the uh, fees that are paid anytime 
a composition is uh, reproduced in some sort of tangible medium. So think uh, CDs are being pressed yep. or um, the original term was for piano rolls because mm-hmm. mechanical piano, mechanical royalty. Um, it, there's also something about like MP3 files being generated. So like a digital album sale would qualify for mechanical royalties where a streaming one would not because nothing's being made (laughs) it's just like being distributed out um and uh that one is going to be something we will loop back around to uh the next one are sync royalties which is when somebody takes your recording of a song and puts it in a tv show or a commercial um that's the only one that is determined by uh market demand (laughs) Ergo, it's typically the most lucrative because people will pay what they feel like the going rate is for the composition and and its use. Uh, So that's a good one to get in on if uh, if you have the means and the channels to do that. And the fourth one is uh, print music royalties, which is (laughs) the opposite of uh, sync royalties uh, because nobody makes any money off of them at all. uh, Because we're not George Gershwin. Um, I'm sure he used it to buy himself a an in-ground toilet i'm sure steven stinking foster made some good money off of that indeed so those are the royalties that one makes uh in in creating a composition and other people using it all right so let's talk about live performances because that's what we we typically do yep we go into a venue we play a song we play 40 songs we play 60 songs. Um, and I have been in, in situations and I have been of the impression that um, I need to be concerned about the music that I'm playing because it needs to be, somebody needs to, somebody needs to pay somebody Yep. for us to do this. Yep. And um, I've definitely been told by people who know less than I do that, you know, that's something that you, that you as the end musician performer needs to be concerned with. But I am here to tell you uh, that it is not Yeah. in in with very, very few exceptions. The venue bar restaurant, what have you, that hires you to perform is typically the one responsible for paying the royalties to the performing rights organizations for you to make the music that you're making. Yeah. Um, As a matter of fact, those, those organizations don't have a product to sell to musicians. It's not something that musicians could buy. They, what they sell to is venues and it's a blanket license. They just charge a, an amount per capacity, I think, right. Of the venue. And, and, and and that term is the term that we're using. They're called blanket licenses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, if you're out and about at like restaurants or bars and stuff, look in the windows of these establishments as you kind of walk in. Most of the time you will see an ASCAP sticker or a BMI sticker or maybe both. Um, and that is just their way of outwardly going, hey, we pay for this. Yeah. Now, I have also played at venues where there are signs everywhere as you go on stage that say no cover songs. Right. And uh, typically that's going to be more of a low lower end DIY, mm-hmm. you know, indie punk kind of venue thing. Yeah. Or folk songwriter. That's also a common idiom for those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of on these lower end um, performance arenas, uh, they may not 
be willing or able to uh, afford those licenses, uh, those blanket fees. And so they will say, hey, you can only write stuff. You can only play stuff that you, you've created. There was, a, there was a brew pub in town here that I was booking for for a while that was that way. They didn't want to spend the money on that. They didn't have it to spend. Um, and so they were an all originals venue. And the people who are into all originals venues totally love that. Totally love that. And um, every now and then, remember one night I was in there and listening to a guy play his weepy nonsense and uh, he busted out personal Jesus. And it made me very happy as a cover guy and very mad as a booker. Yeah. yeah. You know, somebody's got to pay Dave for that. Right. So, yeah, that's that's something that um, the venue is responsible for. And uh, if there's ever any doubt about that, just know that you as a musician are off the hook. And by the way, there are people paid by those organizations who come in and listen to the music and actually track it and report home about what songs they hear being played in places. I took guitar lessons for a while for, from a guy who in college, like made his way through college doing that, go into a bar that had a band on or just overhead music. He knew who in his market were paid up through his organization and who weren't and he'd go into ones that weren't. And he would just write down the songs he heard. Yeah. Send it into them. Yeah. They're called, they were, they're called auditors. Yep. And, um, in, when I lived in Nashville, you know, ASCAP and BMI had actually all of them, CSEC did too. Uh, their headquarters were there. Right. So, um, that was a job mm. that you could have. Yep. Um, and they had specific rules because like you were more or less an undercover cop right. for these organizations. Yes. So there are like strict rules around, um, you can go to an establishment and you have to stay there for a period of time. You're allowed to consume X number of alcoholic <laughs> beverages over X number of time right. because they want to make sure that you look like a patron right. and not like a narc. Right. So it, it's just, it was just the the uh, the lengths that they were willing to go to to get accurate reporting uh, for these things was just super entertaining yeah. uh, and interesting. Yeah. So you know if if you're a if you're a young buck looking for a way to uh, to make sure that artists are getting their fair share. Uh, you can uh, get paid to go to bars and drink uh, as long as you're willing to uh, narc them out uh, when they're not paying their fair share. Right. There is also this um, uh, feeling among some people that it's just a scam. It's just a, it's just a a hustle. It's a shakedown of of venues. Yeah. I don't know about that. If, if um, also, I think it's a very rare, originals artist who makes any kind of money off of, off of that sort of operation. But, um, but I'm glad some do, and I'm glad that they're around for it. I'm, I actually don't necessarily like the business model, but I like that it pays songwriters. It, I mean, in it's a necessary evil. And, and for artists, it is a slice of an income stream that, you know, they deserve to be compensated for. Yeah. So, um, I, I can see it from both sides because I understand that small businesses have, you know, thin margins and that kind of thing. But on the same note, uh, musicians have thin margins too, right. right. uh, if, yeah. if any, yeah. um, so they deserve to, uh, to get compensated as well. And it's, it, it's not necessarily something that, uh, you're going to get a fair, uh, distribution of like old crow medicine show is not necessarily getting paid more than uh zach brown is uh in the ever like constant battle between 
wagon wheel and chicken fried, um, they're, they're getting roughly the same amount of $7 per quarter, right. um, for those, for those royalties. Right. So that's the main thrust around live performances. They're, those are performance royalties that, um, are paid to the artists whenever you, uh, play at a club or do a solo musical wallpaper show at a restaurant. Um, the next thing is kind of around your situation, yep. which is uh, your cover band um, not only decided that you were going to go out there and sell yourself as a product uh, for live performances, but you have now created a tangible product that you are now um, distributing yep. uh, through online streaming and that kind of thing. Um, and there's a whole mechanism to that as well. So the first question is, all right, you recorded "Begging" by Maniskin. Yep, which is actually an, an even more interesting it is uh, prospect because Maniskin's that, uh, that's a cover. Of "Begging" is a cover yep. of uh, Frankie Valley. Was it Frankie Valley? Yep. Yeah, Frankie Valley. The Four Seasons. <laughs> great, great, great band. Mm. Um, that was from Love Actually. The <laughs> the uh, the premise there is that in order for you to release a um release a cover release a version your take of a song um you're entitled to royalties yep around streaming revenue and you know physical media sale and that kind of thing but you're also on the hook a little bit yes so in this case this is like a double it's like a it's like a tiered situation the uh you as a cover band person who put the recording out and sent it to uh DistroKid to put up on all of his platforms yep. had to pay a mechanical royalty to Maniskin. I did. Who also has to pay a mechanical royalty. Actually, I take that back. No, I paid it to Frankie Valley. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. You t- th- yes, that it goes to the composer that's not right. the that's not, right. not the uh the artists that right. did their take or whatever. That's right. But so, yeah. here's, here's the beautiful thing about uh, DistroKid. And, and there are a couple of platforms that do this. CD Baby's another. Um, yeah, both of them get name dropped in the video. Yeah, good. Um, I, uh, back in 2001, when I was a web developer, uh, made the first version of CD Baby's web- website. Um, the guy, right the guy Derek Savers, was a client of mine, and I knew him pretty well. Um, anyway, um, but I didn't I didn't use them because I found DistroKid. And, and when I was first looking for this, the the picture around managing this licensing was real clear with DistroKid and much less so with CD Baby, but I, th- I think they've sorted that out by now. But their approaches are different. Yeah, so I can't For speak sure. to how CD Baby does it. Uh, DistroKid, you literally you put you, you upload your song and give the details and you say this is this is not an original. Here's the original artist and the title and. Check a box to say yes. Please handle the licensing for me. And for twelve dollars a year, they will research the real person who is the real songwriter, acquire that license on your behalf. And it takes a couple of days, but they do it. And then you're good to go. It's like, yep. there's nothing more to do about it. Um, it's the simplest way to do that of any of those distribution things that I looked at when I was looking at it about a, it was a couple of years ago. It was the last time I really researched it. Um, so well, and it, it, it is complicated because when you, when you're dealing with mechanical royalties, the fee that you are paying the original composer is technically tied to the number of units you either expect to sell or do sell. Right. So there's a speculatory component of it. 
And for uh, for services like CD Baby, it is a bit more modular. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you can say we only intend to sell a hundred copies of this, and so the fee that you pay is is more literal. It's more mm. like specific. Yeah. Whereas um, what Distro I mean Distro Distro Kids entire operation is the we got you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Leave it all to Drop us. Drop us your file. We'll handle and, it. Yeah. And you and you pay a particular um convenience fee yes for those services and then they also have a situation their whole model is is set up around um continually paying them uh, because if you don't they will pull your stuff off of those platforms they do have a Um, pay us one time a certain larger amount to have it be permanent um but i haven't done that yeah so you know there's there's a couple of things to consider there um one isn't necessarily better than the other there are pros and cons to both uh, if you're a person who is intending on doing a lot of releasing, uh, DistroKid is is fantastic because, like I said, it is it is uh, very hands off. They do all of the administrative work, and whatever you know, any sort of discrepancy that there might be between what you paid for the mechanical royalty and the money that you're bringing in, well, they're just going to move the pennies around uh, to make sure that you are. Uh, you're on the up and up. You don't have to worry about right. falling out of uh, compliance right. with uh, with PROs. So, yep. so yeah, that's the, that's the main thrust. So uh, Dan gets performance royalties anytime that the new strange, you know, gets streamed. That's a hundredth of a hundredth we, of a penny. Yeah, you know, you're going to get, uh, it's like 1,500 streams equals like one album download is the uh is the the metric that they're working by now and i made a video that M- that machine gun kelly video that will not die <laughs> on tiktok I, every time it's it's been like three weeks and then every once in a while like i open it up and i have like 80 new <laughs> notifications i was like god somebody found it um and some guy was i i had mentioned that like his album went platinum in an era where most albums don't right and somebody made the comment and wrote platinum in bunny air bunnies quotation fingers in in this case it was written so it was actual quotation mm, but you could feel the quoting the fingers quoting at you absolutely yeah and uh so i i i did make a follow-up video and i was like this felt like you were that this was some sort of like gotcha moment for me but let's let's crunch these numbers so originally in the 50s when uh the riaa started uh handing out gold records uh, a gold record back in the fifties was a million records. And then in the eighties, they switched it and it went from uh, a million records to 500,000 records was a gold record. And then platinum was a million. And then they, you know, as things got completely out of hand, they went, you know, diamond and, yeah. and beyond for that. Um, as of February of 2016, they started implementing streaming uh numbers into those sales figures and it's not an either or it is an aggregate of physical sales and streaming so in regards to album streams and song streams for those statuses uh the gold record for a single is like 75 million (laughs) streams and uh and a a gold album is like 750 million 
streams. And then a platinum album is 1.5 billion streams. There you go. And you look at those numbers and you're like, how is how is 1.5 billion streams <laughs> less impressive than 1 million physical copies? Yeah. Newsflash. It ain't. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And it's just, it's the, it's the way that we, it's the way of the world now. Now, I mean, should we could, I, I, we could do an entire episode on, on compensation around streaming revenue and right. that kind of thing. Is it fair? No, it's not fair at all. Um, but you know, there are, uh, this, this is like the, the conversation we had about smash mouth, smash mouth and Spotify, same thing. The alternative to, uh, Smash Mouth with a new singer is no Smash Mouth. Right. And the alternative to Spotify is piracy. Right. Yeah, right. We did so, that in the nineties. It was not great. As a user experience, it was not great. No. It's better than paying oh, money, apparently, but still not yeah, good. For sure. Well, also, you know, uh, Napster was the reaction to an industry who had lost its way mm-hmm. because they knew that you were going to have to spend 10 to $15 on a CD for the one song. Right. And they were intentionally putting albums out with one song, right. um, knowing that you'd have to buy the whole thing to get it. So um, Napster fixed that problem for them, but they couldn't quite get their hands around it until... The guys from Spotify figured it out and, you know, iTunes to a lesser degree. Um, but it is the best option out there right now. And with the, uh, the market, the way that it is, uh, it, there's a lot less gatekeepers. Mm. And if you want to release music, like Dan said, it's super hella easy yep. and it didn't used to was, right. but I, I, one thing that just another funny aside. Uh, one of the guys that I mentioned in this this week's video is a guy I went to high school with. His name's Sam Tenez. Uh, Sam Tenez is a uh, songwriter and solo artist uh, who lives in Nashville, and he is my friend. We went to high school together, and um, he makes his living being an artist who uh, has. He's just he's now signed, I believe, with Universal, but he released his first big solo release uh, independently uh, through Spotify. Mm. And um, he was the first person to show me how to steal music. Okay. He's like, there's this thing called Napster. Check this out. Check it out. Any song you want is there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, it's just funny that the guy that, you know, now makes his living off of uh, streaming revenue was the person who, who, you know, showed me how to steal music. Yeah. Good stuff. So yeah. um, The other takeaway I think is, I think my rant is over. The other takeaway here is that it's going to take a lot of streams for me to make platinum with my begging. Yeah. I got a long way to go. So, you know, this this would be the time for you to um, do something very uh, debasing online uh, with your version of uh, Began playing in the background. Yeah, I could I could take that piece that's used on TikTok of, of the Maniskin version and do my own, you know, I could put a t-shirt, like a bikini on, like, you know, pull it to my, you know, the, you know, the dance they do, the, whatever it is. Yep. I, uh, I do know, uh, there, there's currently a, um, there's a song that's blowing up in there right now, which is like this, this trap song. Um, and it, it, it was the weirdest thing. It's this dad, this guy who's probably my age. Um, 
at Mardi Gras, they were doing a, there was like a parade going on, and one of these floats is playing this like just buck nasty like trap song, and he's just he's just vibing out and 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 singing along like he knows all the words. Hmm. And um, I'd never heard that song before, and now it is everywhere. The song has completely blown up, <laughs> right. and this dude is now like the the ultimate like dad bod thirst trap for like the internet party dad, party dad. Yeah, I think we had so, a similar situation with some cranberry juice and some Fleetwood Mac maybe a year ago. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because you know Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks are really hurting. Yeah, they need the streaming revenue real bad. For sure. Yeah. I did say something super controversial on, on TikTok today. Someone was like, someone had asked if, um, what, what cover song do you like better than the original? And I was like, I'm totally going to get roasted for this, but the chicks version of landslide mm. that they released in the late, like the early two thousands, I like it better than the Fleetwood Mac version. Mm. Uh, it's got like, it's got bluegrass instrumentation and it's got like the big thick, you know, Dixie chick you know, vocal stacks yeah. and it's just, yep. it's a beautiful song. And I thought their, their take was really good. So cool. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully that was educational and informational and, uh, wasn't completely, uh, an absolute drag. Yeah. And don't shy away from putting you your stuff up on streaming platforms. There's really, you know, aside from a few bucks and it's not very many bucks, no reason not to. Yeah. I'm toying with the idea of putting some stuff out there yeah. this year. Yeah. But uh yeah. Time will tell. Indeed. Well, I think that we uh we covered some ground. We were educational. We were delicious and nutritious. That is what we shoot for. Indeed. And um I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that this Nyquil has kicked in. <laughs> well, we should put you to bed then. Yep, I think it is I think it's go time. Yeah. Uh folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh we appreciate all of your support. We appreciate you the kind words. Uh, for us hitting that big old 200. Uh, we have no signs of slowing down. We have no intention of doing anything but uh, coming at you every week with uh, mostly things that we learn by making mistakes, mm. but uh, also sharing the things that we we know uh, and helping you guys go further faster in your music career, whatever that might look like. And hopefully um, Dan's tale and my educational uh, rants uh, we'll inspire you to uh, put some physical media out there. I know there's a bunch of guys in uh, in the community that do release their own music. Uh, shout out to Donnie Howard. He is uh, doing some amazing, I, I'm going to say island-tinged country. Hmm. Uh, I, I His stuff is awesome. And uh, he's a good dude. Good dude. And I know that because I met him. We've had a lot of fun uh, opportunities to hang out with uh, listeners of the podcast and hopefully there'll be more of those as uh, the world opens up and uh, my sinuses drain. Otherwise, I think we're good for this week. I think so too. Thanks again, y'all. Love you. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Covering Confidential podcast for the week of March 11th, 2022. Have a great week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast. 
So this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it for Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida. That was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! (laughs) 